We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Luke 2, verse 8, Galatians 4, 4. I'll read them for you. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Shout good news. That will cause great joy. Shout great joy. For all people today in the town of David, a Savior has been born unto you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Fifty-five years later, here's what Paul's, Paul writes. <clears throat> Galatians 4.4. 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Somebody shout amen. <clears throat> we open today's um, service with the classical Christmas carol, Silent Night. The song was originally a poem written back in 1816 uh, by an Austrian priest uh, whose name was Joseph Moore. Um, it wasn't until two years later in 1818 uh, that Franz Gruber um, composed a melody for that poem, and the now song was sung for the very first time in 1818 on Christmas Eve night. <clears throat> in performance was um, Joseph Moore uh, on strings and vocal and Franz Gruber uh, on the keys. Um, in that service that night, there was an organ builder there uh, who heard the song and was just blown away by it. And he goes to <coughs> Joseph uh, Moore and says, hey, can I, can I take this song with me? I have a traveling show that I do folk songs, and I would like to sing this song along with the other songs that I'm singing. And Joseph is like, sure. And that is how we ended up receiving Silent Night as a song. A little history for you there. When you juxtapose the song lyrics of Silent Night and the actual event that the song is written about, you will find that there is some irony there um, because Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, isn't as much about a silent night as it is about silence for 400 years. If you were to look at the Old Testament, the last book in the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. And uh, whichever book you want to choose, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, is the beginning of the New Testament. Um, for us, when we go from the book of Malachi, which closes out the Old Testament, and we transition into the Gospels, which opens up the New Testament, for us, that is just a page turn. But for the people here on the earth, it was a 400-year silent night. 
For 400 years, God said nothing. The heavens gave us nothing. There was no mention. There was no promise. There there were no miracles. There was nothing. Scripture gives us nothing for 400 years. Nothing. (laughs) Gosh. Has, Has God ever gone silent on you? Has God like ever ever left you left you on on red? But because I've heard that the prayers of the righteous availeth much, and I know that you heard my prayer, and if you didn't give me an answer, God, then that means that you're being silent with me. Has it ever seemed like God has been silent about answering your prayers, but vocal about answering someone else's? That is, this is the power of the Christmas story. This is the power of, 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 of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being born into this earth. And here's what it proves for us. It proves that God's silence is not a sign of divine inactivity. God's silence is not a sign of divine inactivity. Say that with me. God's silence is not a sign of divine inactivity. God's silence is not a sign of divine inactivity. Just because you haven't heard anything does not mean he's not doing anything. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Just because you haven't heard anything does not mean he's not doing anything. We learned this very early on in scripture, and I want to show it to you in Genesis chapter 1. I'll read it for you. Don't go there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. Here's your part. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Watch what it says next. Then God said, let there be light. He moves first, then he speaks. Just because you haven't heard from him does not mean that he's not moving in your direction. And I think for so many of us, we've looked at 2020 and saying, God, you're too silent. You're not doing anything. Are you still there? And God is saying, I'm still moving. I'm still moving. I think so many of us sit in this moment in 2020 and saying that, God, there's no activity. You're not hearing me. I'm praying and there's no movement. But God is saying my silence does not mean I'm inactive. That is what the Christmas story teaches us. Is that for 400 years, God said nothing. The heavens gave us no material, gave us nothing. But out of nowhere, he gave us exactly what we needed. Here's my thing. You don't, you, 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 you don't just hit a bullseye. You don't just pick up an arrow and hit a bullseye. You got to practice at that. You got to know what you're doing with that. And for 400 years, God says nothing. But when he opens up the curtain, he gives us exactly what we need. And that proves to me that God is active even when he's silent in my life. When my prayers aren't being answered and I feel like he's not moving on my behalf, he is still being active for me. Okay. Let's get three little points. Let's push to point number one. In times of silence, we must have sustained hope. 
in times of silence, we must have <clears throat> sustained hope. By way of several foreshadows and prophecies, uh, you learn very quickly that throughout the Old Testament, Jesus is the major theme. Several verses speak about uh, this coming Messiah, this anointed one um, that would come and restore God's people and deliver upon what he promised. At the close of the book of Malachi, the world is still in great anticipation for this, this coming Messiah or this promised Messiah. And, and, and there is great hope that he is still coming. Then God goes silent for 400 years. He says nothing. And then he opens back up for business in the book of New, in the New Testament. And here's what it says. Watch this. We just read it. Luke 10, Luke 2, 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, shout good news, that will cause great joy, shout great joy, for all people. Wait a second. Angel, who's delivering this news? It's been 400 years. This is old news. What do you mean it's going to cause great, great joy? We've been waiting for 400 years for you to say something, and now you come and you're going to tell me that this is good news and it's going to cause great joy? Yes, it will cause great joy for those who still had hope. You see, that word meant something for somebody who still had hope, who was still in great anticipation of what God said he would do, who was in great anticipation of what God said he, he, he promised unto his people. For those who were still waiting for God to do something and who still had hope, that news was good news, and it brought great joy because they still had hope. Watch this. Don't let time take your hope. Don't let time take your hope. Many of us are trying to rush ourselves out of 2020 so we can get into 2021 because God in our minds has been silent. And it's taken our hope. The angel says, listen, this is good news for those who still have hope. I was, uh, <laughs> the other day I was listening to the smooth sounds of Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Y'all not down with Alvin and the Chipmunks? I um, so I, I I put I put it on and I was listening to their Christmas song and um, one of the, the the verses say you know I want a plane that loops the loop and then the other one says me I want a hula hoop and then here's the verse and this is the 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 the, 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 the loop it says we can hardly stand the wait please Christmas don't be late we can hardly stand the wait please Christmas don't be late. And I, I, I said to myself, well, what, what is Alvin talking about? <laughs> Alvin says, Christmas, please hurry up. The appointed time, please hurry up. The set time, please hurry up. Because I have an expectation and a hope that I'm going to receive the things that I've been hoping for on that day. Yeah. So I said to myself in a moment, I'm listening to the song, I said, well, if Alvin can have hope. If, if, if Alvin has a great anticipation of what Christmas is going to bring, then I, Wanzel, who needs a savior desperately, has to be able to wait on God to deliver what he promised. I cannot lose my hope. Check me out on this. If you, you can't tell me you're a faith-based person if you don't have hope. 
faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if I don't have hope, I can't display my faith. If you're not hoping for anything, then you're faithless. There is nothing negative. What moves God? Faith. But I have to hope for something in order to move God by my faith. So many of us have given up hope. So which, oh gosh, y'all, y'all not listening to me this morning. So many of us have quit on God as it relates to us displaying our faith because we've, we've lost all hope. They're not never going to change. Things are not going to get any better. And God is saying, listen, the only way that you can move me is by faith, but you got to have hope in order to move me by faith. Have you lost your hope? No, no, no. Have you truly lost your hope that they will ever change? Have you truly lost your hope that it will get any better? Have you truly lost your hope that God will heal you? Because if you lost your hope, you cannot display faith, and God can only deliver on the things that you hope for. Oh, grace will kick in and do whatever it's going to do. But I'm telling you, you got to have a hope in order for God to show up. There were people still on the face of this earth that were hoping and praying with great anticipation for the Savior. So when the, so when the angel shows up and he says, I got good news, that's going to cause great joy for people who still have hope. I feel like 2020 has squeezed the hope out of us. Because looking to 2021 and praying that we get out of 2020 is not hope. No, no, no. There's a set time. There's a, there's a fullness of time. There was a time that God has set that he is going to bless you. And that may be today. But if you don't have hope, you will miss it. You're so busy trying to get to 2020. God says, I want to bless you now. Let's push to Galatians 4. I don't know if you have it up. Galatians 4 4. Tell your neighbor, don't let time take your hope. Galatians 4 4. It says this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law. Point number two is this. In times of silence, God is performing essential preparation. Essential preparation. Say that with me. Essential preparation. Paul says in verse four that when the set time had fully come, that meant that God was waiting for something specific to happen before he took action. The 400 years of silence between the book of Malachi and the New Testament may have not produced what we would consider um, God-worthy mention because there was no miracle signs and wonders, but God was doing something very specific in the earth, and the reason why he was doing that because he was preparing the earth for what he was getting ready to birth in it. There has to be preparations before something is birthed. I'm going to say that again. There has to be preparation before something is birthed. 
I'm going to say it one more time. There has to be preparation before something is birthed. During this time, God was making essential preparations. When you look at um, the New Testament and at the dawn of the New Testament, the Roman Empire had um, a very powerful army. They had a powerful military. Um, And because their military was so powerful and and, and so dominating, um, a few things happened in the earth because of their dominance. The first thing that happened, um, they, they were able to establish one language. They were Greek, so wherever they went, whatever, whatever city they came in to, to subdue, um, the inhabitants there were forced to take on the Greek language. They had to learn it as their first language. The second thing that took place was that there was a, a, a time of peace. Um, their, their, their army and their military was so dominant, nobody wanted any smoke. Nobody wanted anything to do with the, the Roman army, so everybody was, was, was cool. And then, and then thirdly, um, the Roman Empire was a very technical empire. They, they, they were technologically advanced, and they created a lot of roadways and, 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 and waterways so that travel became easy. So now when you close the book on the, the, the Old Testament, the entire Old Testament was written in Hebrew. It was written for one race of people. But when you transition to the New Testament, it was written in the Greek, which was the common language in the world. So when you start to read into the New Testament, you find that the disciples and the apostles were able to travel freely all over the earth because all of the work that the dominant Roman Empire had done to create roadways and waterways. Listen to me. In in times of silence, God is doing essential preparation because he wants to birth something in you. He's preparing you for something that he desires to birth through you. And oftentimes we can't see it because, God, you're not saying anything and I need you to move. But God is saying, stop, stay still, because I'm doing stuff that's essential for what I truly want to do through you. What if 2020 was just, just, just so that God could give you what he truly wanted to give you in 2021? I don't want you to miss that. We, I mean, we discount 2020. But what if this was a time of silence so that God could truly birth in you what he desired to birth in you in 2021? God goes silent for a period of time for 400 years, says nothing, but behind the scenes, he is doing necessary work in the lives of the people that were going to receive what he was getting ready to birth in the earth. What is God desiring to birth through you? What is he desiring to do through you? What have you lost hope of? What have you have what, what have you given up on that God is saying, listen, you shouldn't have walked away from that this year? Oh gosh. You shouldn't have walked away from that because I desire to do something through that. Ask your neighbor, do you still have hope? Listen to me. When God gets ready to do something in the earth and he's getting ready to do something that is big. <laughs> As what he did through his son Jesus, there is preparation necessary. You know this. I remember when we got ready to bring um, Kennedy home. It was a long time ago when we brought Jordan home. But it was when we brought Kennedy home. 
And we had to prepare the house. We had to change a few things. We, we, we had to childproof the house. We had to sanitize everything. Because we didn't want anything in the house to inhibit her growth. God is doing something special in the earth right now, and I don't know if you see it. God is doing something special in the earth right now because he desires to birth something through us. When he drops it on you, you got to be prepared for it. You got to be ready for it. So when the good news, the, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the good news is birthed into the earth, it took fire quickly. Well, listen, God doesn't want us to waste time in 2021. Oh, my gosh. He doesn't want us to waste time in 2021. So he's trying to do work right now so when 2021 comes, you can run. Oh, gosh, y'all. He wants to do something special in your life, but you have to understand that these moments of silence that we have with God are still producing something. Okay, let's get this last point. You learning anything? Let's get his third point, final point. <clears throat> In times of silence, God is expecting a faith response. In times of silence, God is expecting a faith response. It is, it is hard for us not to liken silence uh, to a lack of caring. Just think about this relationally, right? It is very difficult for us to not equate a time of silence to a lack of caring. It does not matter how um, physically involved you've been with someone. It doesn't matter what they've proved to you. But if someone doesn't show you the feelings that you think that they should show you, you think there's an absence of that feeling until they give you a verbal confirmation. Right? So, so we've all said this. I think women say it more uh, than, than men do. It's like, well, uh, I didn't do anything because I didn't think that you cared. I didn't say anything because you, you didn't say anything, so I didn't think that you cared. We have a problem with linking silence to a lack of caring. That train of thought, specifically when it comes to God, can, can create our greatest frustrations with him. Because we treat God as if we treat somebody else because you haven't said anything, that means that you don't care. But it's totally different when it comes to God. Write this down. God's silence is not a confirmation that he does not care. God's silence is not a confirmation that he does not care. God's silence is not a confirmation that he does not care. Now, I have to back this up with a story because that sounds like just some concept I came up with. Jesus and the disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee. A storm arises, and one so bad that the disciples actually thought, we're going to die this time. Ironically, at the same time that this storm arose, this is the worst storm that they've ever experienced, and one they don't think they're going to get themselves out, out of, this is the very first time and the last time that we ever hear Jesus sleeping. 
If you think about all the New Testament, you never hear about Jesus sleeping. But in this, in this instance, Jesus is asleep. They, now watch this. Jesus isn't moving. He isn't doing anything. And they yell out to Jesus, do you not care that we perish? Watch this now. Jesus was present but silent, and they concluded he didn't care. He was present, but he was silent, and they concluded he didn't care. Now watch this. I got to read this for you. Mark 4, 37. This blew me away. And a great windstorm arose, and, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, you do not care that we perish. Watch this now. This one, this one, the tide turns. Verse 39. Then he arose, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Verse 40 is what you got to have. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? What, God, what Jesus says in, in layman's term is like, why would you resort to me not caring? I promised that I would be with you, I would never forsake you, and I've proven to you that I'm on your side and I would do anything for you. But, but, but in the moment that I don't say anything, you have concluded that I don't care. If we're honest for a few moments, has this year made you feel that God don't care? God, I've been praying about loved ones. I've been praying about a job. I've been praying about all these things that I've got going on in my life, and you haven't said anything, and I keep being told on every Sunday that you are with me, but you're not saying anything, and it makes me feel like you don't care. But then Jesus turns the table. He comes and speaks to the storm. He comes and speaks to the waves. Because they wanted Jesus to say something. They didn't want Jesus to come get water out of the boat. They wanted Jesus to say something. So Jesus says up and do what he's supposed to do. But he turns to them and says, listen, where is your faith? Listen to me. God's silence at times is for us to respond with faith. Jesus could have mitigated that issue and fixed it before it even started, but he allowed it so that they would have the proper response to it. He's on the boat with them. And as soon as he wakes up and speaks to the waves and speaks to the, and, and to the, to the sea, he says, he says, listen, why didn't you respond to this correctly? And I honestly believe that God is waiting for his people this year to respond with faith. It's not that God doesn't care because I sent you my son to prove you that I love you. I sent you my son to prove you that I would never leave you nor forsake you. But, but, but in this moment, I'm expecting you. And what cracks me up is that Jesus says, why is it that you have no faith? If we press pause on this year, watch this now. If we press pause on this year and we erased it and you look back over your life, Hasn't he proven to be your provider? Has he not proven to be everything that you need? But we will conclude because of one year that God does not care. And God is saying, where is your faith? 
You know that I am with you. You know that I love you. Where is your faith? Respond with faith because that's what I'm expecting in these moments. Oh, gosh, y'all. He's not expecting us to respond like the world. (laughs) He gets up out of the boat and he deals with this. Oh, he'll deal with the waves. He will deal with your issue and he will deal with your pain. But greater than that, he is going to deal with you if you don't have any faith. Is your faith. The only reason why I bring that up is because I don't want to close 2020. Well, God asking me, where is your faith? I know this year wasn't what we planned it to be. But where is your faith? Jesus gets up out of his sleep and he says it if it's a foregone conclusion. You should have some by now. Where is your faith? So my question to you today, what issues and what problems have been pressing you to conclude in your heart and your mind that God doesn't care? Does God not see that so many are dying? Does God not care that so many have lost their jobs and lost their homes? Does he not care? God is saying, listen, there's a response that I'm wanting from my people. In this moment, God's people has to respond with faith. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.